Geek Shock. Geek Shock. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. Always a hot. <laughs> it was funny. I think some people got worried that you and I were uh, had the claws out. No, 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 no. I just think you and Andy need to admit you want to keep the cat. Well, instead I do. of pretending that you don't want to I, keep the I, cat. Well, I, that, that was that was I, my only yeah, issue my, in this I, whole thing. I pretty much, I pretty much admit I love the cat. Yes, the cat's great. He was sleeping next to me while I was working. Aww. When I when I got home from Turo, he gave me shit like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I came in the door and he's just <laughs> human. You left me alone. Yeah, he was. It was very what? What the fuck? This cat has you know? adopted you. Yeah, and yeah. I let him out. I let him out in the back, and you know, an hour later he comes back. Sometimes he doesn't even run away. He goes out the door. And then right there in front of the glass door, he just sits down and he surveys his kingdom, you know, and he just sits there. He'll, he'll, if he sees I'm looking at him, he'll roll around on the concrete. And then the black cat, mm-hmm. uh, remember the one I talked about a couple of years ago? The yeah. one I did say no to? Ah, uh, yes. Comes around. Did I tell you about the stink guy? It's uh-uh. like, why not me? I, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, I went out in the back with Kit and... That's that's the new one, and across my yard in the corner is the black cat, and he's sitting there and he's looking at me, <laughs> like well can't uh, the viewers out there can't see it, but he was giving me this. He was mean mugging you. Oh yeah, down brow. Oh oh wait, anyone who watched Scott Pilgrim, yeah, the look. The uh, the the one girl drummer in the one group yes. gives the other girl drummer. That's the look. <laughs> that's the look he was giving me. Well, he's been he's been coming closer and closer to Kit for two weeks now. Ah, and he gets a little closer. He gets a little closer. He probably figures like, well, they took him in. Maybe right, they'll take exactly. Me in too. Well, there was we were playing the game. I told yeah. you this is how it starts. We were playing the game. That was fucking hilarious. I opened up the door to let out Kit, and this was before the allergies had started popping up, so I left the door open. And we're just sitting there at the table in the living room playing, and suddenly Paulette's like, holy fuck. And we're like, what? What? And there's the black cat, and he's just, he's, he's just in the dining room just sniffing stuff and checking things out. Oh, inside? Yeah, he came inside the house. His dream fulfilled. <laughs> so I picked him, and he was really cool. I came up to him, and he's like, meow, meow, and I picked him up. I put him out. I'm like, sorry, dude. He's a long hair. Oh. I mean, this short hair is fucking killing me. I can't, and Andy, I yeah. don't know. Andy would be hospitalized. So I put the black cat out, but now he comes up to Kit, makes nice. Uh, the other day, I saw Kit playing with his tail. I mean, it's just... I will it's, never understand why humans love things that want to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the story. Yeah. I have a cat named Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say, you know, the, li- like you said, Jeff, the, the reason cats are cute is because they're too small to kill you. Yes. Yes. So, but, no doubt about it. But he's great. He, he, you know, purrs a lot. He follows me around the house. Uh, he got really upset because I went upstairs to get ready to come here, and he ran upstairs and jumped on my bed. 
And the way my rooms are angled, he can sit on my bed and stare at me in the bathroom on, in the mirror. <laughs> and so I'll be, I'll be like brushing my hair and I look in the mirror and there he is on the angle on my bed and he's staring at me. And I see the look on his face. He's disappointed because he sees I'm not getting ready for bed, but I'm getting oh. ready to go out. And he's just like, oh. Am I going to have to it's go? so sweet. Yeah. I might have to go buy you and Andy the Sam's Club industrial size thing of Benadryl so that you can yeah. get, yeah. get I through t- the, the day. Uh, on I the love bad, it, but it's killing me. On the bad days, I take Allegra in the morning, and then I take Jesus. Benadryl midway through the day. Wow. Let's bring everybody in. Welcome to Geek Shock number 432. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Kitty K. Tabletop Matt. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. So you're you're plugging yourself with medicine yes so you can receive the love of this beautiful cat yeah well yeah i mean i think the cat hair would be dealable if i made him just an inside the house cat but right now i'm letting him out so he comes back in with covered in pollen yes this time of year especially yes oh dude this is the time of year that the uh, the parking lots are drenched in yellow powder yeah yes get you one of those little air doors it's got the 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 fan that supposed to like when the cat goes through the door it blows the pollen off how much that cost i don't know wow that's just seen i think i just paid that in taxes (laughs) so but that that would be well you know what he is so cool that i actually will take a washcloth and i'll make it damp and i'll rub him down and he just sits there and takes it just vacuum (laughs) amazing yeah he is Uh, when we wrestle he'll he'll grab me with his teeth he does not draw blood, though. He'll grab me with his teeth and then hold on to my hand while I shake it, and he's all just like, Ugh. He even does the, have you seen the meme video with the, the, the wind-up bite? The cat that, that does this, Oh yeah, throws yeah, yeah. his head back, and then <laughs> oh, cr- wow. he even does that, but he does not, he does not draw blood. So he's, he's an interesting sort. It, <sighs> oh. I'm not looking forward to when he has to get snipped. Ah. Uh. Because he's got his junk, and that's going to eventually have to... Oh, no wonder black cat's sniffing around. Uh, maybe. I don't know if that's a she-cat or what. But I know there's places that do it for free. Yeah. I'm just... I'm just... I don't know. I, I'm going to violate his trust, right? <laughs> I'm going to take him in you my arms. You took these! You and, son of a bitch! Yeah, I'll take... You know, and the next thing you know, I wake up one night, and he's in a big mecha costume looking down on me going, Kirsten, where are my balls? <laughs> I was going to say that the comedian, they'd say, Gary, where are my balls? Yeah, exactly. I, so. I got into the car. We went for a ride. And now my balls are missing. Yeah. Where are my balls? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I feel bad about that. But yeah, the, the thing I sent was a video. Uh, while I was doing my jab, in the background, uh, Matt Colville was streaming on Twitch. NetHack. And so he's playing the, the, and I can't even describe it. It's kind of text-based, but it also has a little bit of map, and it's all ASCII. I guess it's ASCII-based. Is that? That makes sense. Yeah. That, that, is that right? It's, it's, a, it's an old thing. It's, 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 yeah, it's a, the old rogues, the rogue games. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's just he's playing that um, That's because that's what he does now. His Kickstarter went over $2 million. And he said, I will start streaming if we hit X. And boy, did they hit X. And so eventually he'll be doing a critical role thing where he's streaming his D&D game. But right now he'll live stream question and answers. He'll pop on and talk about stuff, do movie reviews. And this time he was streaming NetHack 
while his synth mod Time Rider was playing in the background. Do you know anything about those, Todd? Synth mods? Yeah. I don't believe I do. Oh, shit. Because I was really hoping you could explain <laughs> it, because I can't. Yeah, you lost me at... Uh, at NetHack? Yeah, yeah, yeah NetHack. They're, <laughs> they're, they're modular synth music. It's kind of like an electronic music. Okay. And, and it looks like an old school computer system with like oscillators and, and little dials and knobs. And that is some deep music geek stuff. That it just I runs these oscillators and the, the mods, depending on what modules you put in, respond to it and it just creates this ambient background type music. And it's not necessarily a beat, you know, type of thing. It's just it's Van Vangelis is very very much like that, but there's no keyboard. He's not playing anything. He just sets up what he calls a patch, okay, which feeds some kind of signal or algorithm or something into the the uh, the synth mod, and then that just sits there and starts creating music. It's called synth mod music. Uh, modular synth or synth mod. Uh, probably Croak the DJ could, uh, could illuminate us a bit on this, but, and, and he's, he loves it. He loves it. So he, he totally set this up and he's playing with that. He actually streamed a few things. It, 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 so that was my background while I was, uh, getting ready to finish work to get here. NetHack. If you don't know NetHack and the roguelikes, old school art, action RPGs? <laughs> Yeah. From the Apple II era, yeah, 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 yeah. where okay. everything yeah, on this—it's it a dungeon yeah. delve. It's all randomized, and the object is to get to the bottom of the dungeon. Super hard. Everything yeah. is represented by a single ASCII character. So the monsters might be bats, might be a bee or a small bee. Yep, and, and yep, an eye, an eye. There was something invisible here. Yeah, that, that's what he was doing. So you kind of have to know what that code is, and there's, you know, you keep it up on the second screen showing what each thing is. Yeah. But yeah, old school dungeon Very. delving Oof. RPG. Oof, primitive stuff. And when you died, you died. Yeah. There's no. There's no respawn. Yeah. You. Start, oh yeah. He's like, I'm at 13 hit points. Fuck. What am I gonna do? Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. He told a great story years ago. He was playing. He actually uh, had a dog, a pet dog, running around. And he stumbles across this polymorph trap. You know, something, step, you step on it, you get polymorphed. And he had this whistle, teleportation whistle. He blew the whistle, the dog would appear next to him. So he stocked the room with junk. So the only place the dog could teleport appear was on the polymorph. And he blew the whistle, and the dog hit it. Boom. Became a six-armed demon merolith. Right? <laughs> That's smart. But it's his dog, so it's loyal to him. So he's like, you know, I think he called it Sparky. And so he's like going through the dungeon, and he said he would get these messages. Sparky attack, Sparky attack, Sparky attack, Sparky attack, Sparky attack, Sparky attacks, creature dead. And he's like, wow, this is great. He's just like this <laughs> whirling buzzsaw of death. But your your pets get hungry. Oh. And so at one point... Sparky the Merolith got hungry and he ran out of food. Oh no. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I, I don't have any food, Sparky. And apparently your pets will turn on you if you don't <laughs> give them any food. And so his Merolith pet killed him. 
And that's how he died on that dungeon. <laughs> it's weird the stories you create from a bunch of ASCII <laughs> characters, but the shit works. Uh, they're everywhere if you want to try them out. Look up uh, uh, Rogue Game or NetHack is, is the classic at this point. And yeah, it'll, it'll forever be with us. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, and it's funny. Yeah. So that was that was fun. So what other geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? All I did was finish Jessica Jones season two. How was season two? It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. it wow, that's um, not, Kilgrave not, does make a return in the flashbacks, things like that. Which he's such a great character. That that character it is. Yeah, it is. That's, uh, did you watch it? Season I haven't two? watched oh. it, but I mean, he just he just is. That's just David tremendous. Tennant is just a really good actor. Yeah, but and it's I, also a well written character. Right. I mean, they really work. <laughs> That was weird. I, I had to in. turn you up because you were so low. Low, he's talked to go, and then I'm like, uh, "Yeah, sorry about that." <laughs> wow, my, I have no idea life. what happened. Oh, I just know you guys. <laughs> my life of the show is turning dials to match your voices. I blew my own ears off. Uh, <laughs> that's why I don't wear headphones. See, see, right wow, there. Wow, mind blown. He, he acts like he's not contributing. I don't to the know problem. if that makes you smart or just aloof. <laughs> Uh, this season delves into her past, so what made her who she oh, is. Oh, her powers and stuff, where that yeah. came from. So Okay. Yeah. Does um, uh, uh, Trish show up? The, you the mean her? Hellcat, Patricia, Patty? I'm Walker. not going to say anything. Oh, oh okay. All so right. there. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mr. No Spoilers. Oh, yeah, shit. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> you borrowed uh, the Jessica Jones book, right? Matt? Oh, I did. You no. did. Alias. Okay. Alias. Yeah. I've still got it. Oh, okay. That's that's a that's a hefty tome. Yes, it is. It's one of those gigantic omnibus. Yes. Multi hundred page mm-hmm. lap sitters. Multi. Yeah. So I guess I should read. Because I, I was saying, if you had read it, Matt, I was wondering how that equates because that that book has one of the most cruel moments I've ever read in a comic book, and it wasn't addressed in the first one so much. So I wondered if it was in the season two. Ah, all right. I'll talk to you after. Okay. But <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. So it Ooh, might have right. been oh. addressed. Ooh. Oh. But that's all I did, yeah. All right. So well, very, very boring. Are, are, Matt, are you still uh, subscribed to that Marvel box monthly thing? No, that, that actually discontinued. Oh, the, the box itself discontinued. Yeah, all of them did. So they're going to They retail. saved you from yourself, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The uh, last box is this month for um, Infinity, or yeah, next month. Oh, oh wow! Next month. So it's it's officially discontinued after this month. Of course. Wow, this was the, the time biggest. To ask. Yeah, the biggest Marvel movie yet. yet. You're probably wow. better off because everybody that I know that subscribes to one of those things says it's really awesome for about like the first six months or so, and then all of a sudden they start giving you a bunch of crap that you don't want and or need. So well, I, I the people the people you probably talk to or talking to you about it probably weren't big. Funko collectors. Well, I mean, it's Loot Crate and uh, what was the other one that they were telling me that uh, Smuggler's Bounty. I think that was Star the Wars other one. one. Yeah, it's a Star Wars one. This is like because it's like uh, the Loot Crate one. They said, "Oh, well, this month I've got fifty percent things that I like and fifty percent stuff I have no idea what it is." But it's just like the mix started getting more and more obscure. Uh, the difference. One, one person <laughs> goes, "He's like, you like Star Trek, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." As we've t- we've talked about this before, like she's like, oh yeah, yeah, right. So I have all this loot crate stuff that's all Star Trek stuff, and I'm not really into it. So do you want it? And I'm like, okay. 
Life's rough. I know, the difference, right? the difference between the difference between Loot Crate and the ones I subscribe to, uh-huh. the ones mine are Funko. Okay, so the Funko. Bags. Oh, yours are all. You had other stuff that wasn't Funko. I thought though. Well, it came with the box. So the oh, main okay. thing was the Funko uh, bobblehead. Oh, I see. And they give you like, like I'm wearing one right now, Guardians of the Galaxy T-shirt. Okay, it's all you. Funko based. Yeah. yeah, it's neat. And um, you got some good shirts, hats, but mainly it's, they give you a lot of shirts, pins. Speaking of Funkos, though, patches. I, I love yeah, Kirsten's patches. picture of the entire <laughs> shelf of Juggernaut. That was funny. <laughs> after after all the grease. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just walking really... out of Walgreens, and it's like, I see, oh, look, one, two, wait a minute, behind there, the four, five, six, how many are there? And so, and, and I'm getting stink eyes from Walgreens. Uh, uh, workers, because I I'm playing chess, I, chess I, with it. I set that. I <laughs> oh, set you that set just, that up. I set that up because nice. it was it was all juggernauts and probably uh, like Spider Gwen or something. Imperial guards oh, okay. uh, from Star Wars: uh, Last Jedi. So Funny. I put the the red guards back, and I set up all the. And I didn't have room. I had to put one up above and stuff. And it was funny. I'm like, oh, Matt's gonna love this. So and I got the desired reactions. So that was cool. <laughs> Yeah, that that was funny. It's it's like where the hell did all that come from? The pallet in the back. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to sell these. Yeah, the oh, bottom shit. fell out of the eBay market, so we might as well just put these on the shelves. I found this box of stuff <laughs> on the shelf over here. It's not labeled. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Open it up. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Some light shines out of it. Oh, like Pulp Fiction. Just. Instead yep. of gold, it's red or whatever. Yeah, it's They're like red. Covered with a tarp or something. It's like somebody got fired and didn't come back for it. <laughs> <laughs> they hit it and they got fired and they couldn't come back and get it. Now the reason I ask is today I signed up for my first subscription box service <laughs> ever. <laughs> dun, dun, what what dun. is it? I'm gonna give you a hint. It's books. Okay. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> box of books. It's called Page. Columbia Records House. Page <laughs> Habit. Page yeah, you got habit. a habit of pages. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a it's a book a month, but you can choose your your genre. And unlike most of these book subscription box services, there's actually a horror genre to choose from. Surprise, Usually surprise, sci-fi or fantasy or as genres they go. But what I l- really drew me into this one is that yeah, it comes with a couple of tchotchkes. Sure, it's gives a portion to a different literary um, charity. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Literary charity <laughs> every month. And as a bleeding heart liberal, I love that. <laughs> but the book itself comes with handwritten annotations on post-its put throughout the book from the author and a handwritten letter from the author of that book oh, to cool. each person. So you're getting... Nice. Not just a, it's not just a signed copy. It's actually notes from the author. Okay. Which is which kind of acts as a commentary for the book. Yeah. And everybody knows Torgo is a sucker for commentary. And so I, when I read that, I'm like, all right, I'm all in. I, mean, I got to check this thing out. How much? Thirty bucks a month. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's not too bad actually. So <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know people that pay more. <laughs> When I get my first box, I'll tear it open and and uh, give my report on oh what boy. it is. But uh, a page habit, if you're interested in That's what cool. they have to offer. There's another decent one I was looking at from The Strand, which is a well-known independent bookshop in New York City. 
uh, and they send you a book every month with their tchotchkes and so on. But their book is always a first edition signed by the author. So that was already, mm. and they're a big name. So they got some big authors in there. Yeah. That's, uh, That's it, like $300 a month. But they don't have a horror choice. I can do a science fiction fantasy, but I but horror. That really is the linchpin for you with anything. Is like as long as they have a horror category. Barnes and Noble doesn't have a horror category. They throw that shit in general fiction. They have horror. They have horror, but it's in general fiction. Okay. If you want to pick up Stephen King, Brian Keene, yeah. any of that, you have to go to their general fiction it's really category. Weird. And you 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 have to know what you're looking for because scanning books. If I'm going to a horror section, it's because I'm not sure what I want, and I don't want the regular names. And so I scan the shelves. It's like, that looks cool. That looks. That's how I was introduced initially to uh, Jonathan right. Mayberry, Str- uh, Jeff Strand. Authors that I really love was just by picking up a book off the shelf. And I don't get that experience anymore, except in some used bookstores. And that's it. Just send a book. Take a look. Thank Rainbow. You. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm really cool with this to, to find new authors, I'm hoping. And not only that, but get to a little bit of interaction with it. And it comes with its own interaction on the website. So you can make it like a book club thing for everybody on there or whatever. But uh, speaking of book clubs, Geek Shock Book Club, it is going to be April. April is a graphic novel month. So after I'm done editing the show tomorrow, I'm going to put up the poll for the graphic novels. We've already got nominations in. And uh, so feel free to vote on that once that comes up. And uh, Graphic it, novel month. It's crazy. We've, we're already a quarter through this year. No, don't remind me. It, it struck me hard when I was like, it's almost April, which means it's almost May. And May to me is the beginning of summer in Las Vegas. Because that's when yep. the heat starts to really rise. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's been freezing the last few days. I think it's wonderful. Enjoy it while you can. You think this is freezing? No, what but... Are you, like an 80-year-old? It's 57 out there. That's yeah, not... but for some reason, my room, like, if it's lower than 60 degrees, my room is just freezing. And we've had the heat shut off for, like, the whole week. Every time I walk in from outdoors, every time, I'm like, it is hot as balls in this living room. Hot as balls for him is 70 degrees. (laughs) That's pretty hot. 70 degrees is not hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. (laughs) You are alone, sir, in that. (laughs) I come from the frozen north. That's because you come from the frozen north. He comes from the Midwest. is not hot. Northern Indiana. It's, It's chilly. What else did you do this week, gentlemen? I didn't really get much time to do much geeky stuff because I had a crazy, weird Sports, sports, work sports. Oh. But yes, I did do sports, sports, oh, sports, 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 sports on Sunday. I got to watch my Jayhawks make it to the Final Four. That was pretty awesome. He was very excited. It yeah. was it was weird because I was like I was watching the game oh, and it was, it was it sports, was sports, sports, sports. it was like close the whole game. And I haven't gotten excited about a basketball game in a while. And there were a couple times where I like actually got up and was jumping around just like, ah. And I was I was surprised at myself because I hadn't gotten that into anything in a you while. You getting excited is like a little grin. Like, oh, Jeff's yeah. excited. Holy shit. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I uh, like jumped up and I was like dancing. And I, I will say he was watching in his room. Thank goodness. And I was hear little noises. From in there, and I knew something was going on with the. Well, I was I was assuming it was basketball. I can't make I can't I can't be absolutely sure, but I was assuming it was basketball. 
And he comes out all excited. And yeah, it was a good moment. And the, 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 it's tied. And uh, I got a little <laughs> update during it. So, but the, what he just said a little bit ago about, you know, how he was, take that, take out the word basketball, put in Warhammer, and that's basically the discussions you and me, Matt, that's will right. be having that's here right. in, in a little while. I've started painting them. Jeff, in the grim, dark future, there is only war. Oh, yeah? Okay. So you better get ready. <laughs> Why does it have to be the future? It's it's pretty much all war right oh, now. snap. Oh. It's getting there. Well, Jeff, if you really want, there is modern warfare tabletop war games. Yeah, if, if mic you, drop. If you're really into yeah, it. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> you haven't even tried it, and you're just writing it off. You know what? All I got to say is war. Huh. What is it good for? Matt has been Absolutely trying. Absolutely nothing. Matt has been trying to get Jeff... To take a small interest in wargaming, it's yeah, been fun. To, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah just I have good luck with that. Two armies. You can try one, and we don't need to go to a nerd. Well, I guess it is nerd. It's my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go to a uh, a paid nerd den. <laughs> there we go. Go to, yeah. go to another nerd den. All right. In the arcades, eighties. The Laserdisc era. Yes. Just barely, like a year after Dragon's Lair. I went to the local gold mine, which is one of the mall arcades out there. Mm -hmm. This is 84, I think, when this is happening. So I I don't have any money, but but we would go to the mall at the Fort Williams an hour away. So we went there every three or four months or so. I go to the mall and I don't have money. Mom wants to do shopping. I want to go to her stores. So we'd always have the thing. I'm just going to hang out in gold mine for a while while you do your shopping. And I'm just going to watch people play video games and, and then say, all right, I'll come back in an hour. And, and that's how it go. And I wander around one time, one time in that gold mine, there was an odd arcade machine that I saw once and never saw again. It was a Tron. It was a cartoon game, much like Dragon's Lair. It had no joystick. It had a keypad. It looked kind of like a keyboard, but one of those ones where it was kind of flat, plastic over the top. If you had an Atari 400 computer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like a membrane? Yes, a membrane style. But it didn't have actual like letters on it. It was items, like there would be an amulet and a scroll of some sort and another scroll with a different name, and it was called Thayer's Quest. I was enraptured by this thing. It's obviously told a deep story, and you had to press these buttons for things that you found in the game if you had them to advance in various places. While I was there, no one played the game, so I watched the cell screen for as long as until I got bored and then would come back to it again because I'd never seen a game like this before and never ever saw it again when I came back next time that game was gone because one it was expensive and two obviously it was very confusing to people no people wanting to play you know Galaga or something joystick driven is not going to run to the keyboard forever that was the the white rabbit of, of video games for me. The game I would I'd chase forever. It turns out Thayer's Quest was originally developed for the first Laserdisc home system. Really? 
It was something, oh, I can't even remember the name of it. But it was developed by the guy that created Dragon's Lair with Don Bluth. So the, this is the guy that actually created the game. Don Bluth did the animation, the story, and so on. But this is the guy that built the game. He wanted to create a Laserdisc game that was more than just try to guess what the hero is supposed to do, which gave you actual choices. When you're playing the game, you could go down the forest path, you could enter the city, and you could enter through the, the fields or whatever. And each one would take you on a different branch in the game to whatever the, the finale is. So it was made for a home system that completely failed. It was one of the first that was supposed to recognize voice, interact you. It would ask you your name. You would tell it your name. It would remember your name. And then you would use it to change your channels on your television to start these games. Uh, wow. Yeah. It was a piece of, time. of pioneering technology that failed horribly. In fact, I only <laughs> saw it once, and that's how I knew Thayer's Quest was attached to it, at the Classic Video Games Expo that used to be here in Las Vegas when they had that museum room. Okay, yeah. The other night, I happened across a YouTube channel of a guy that gave the complete history of Thayer's Quest and that system. The whole thing took 45 minutes. It was a 45-minute-long documentary about this guy and that game. And it turns out that game's not very good. <laughs> and they actually repackaged it into the, do you remember this? I, I don't remember if it's the CDI. I think it's actually the 3DO video game system that came out. Another big failure of a video game system, but obviously did better than this one. And they like renamed it, revoiced over, and made it look clunky. It just didn't have the energy, and it didn't read from a laser disc, so everything was... The technology wasn't there like it was today. This is like, I think, the 3DO came in in the early 90s. So it was not able to do cartoons like a laser disc could. And they made a sequel to it on the 3DI. This thing had its own life. Hmm. But uh, I, w I just got excited and wanted to share. And if I want to know if any of the monkeys out there have actually played the original Thayer's Quest. I know you didn't on that home system because there's not even evidence that that was even brought to market. But I do know the Thayer's Quest arcade game existed. And if you found it sometime in your life and you actually played it, I want to know your experience with it. And, and that's Thayer's Quest? T-H-A-Y-E-R-S. Apostrophe, yes. That sounds familiar. Thayer's Quest. So I happened across that. I got really excited. I wanted to share with the Shock Monkeys. Wow. That's pretty, pretty awesome. And aside from that, I'm reading Empire's End, uh, which is the third book in the Aftermath series from Chuck Wendig of Star wow. Wars. And if, wow. I mean, the first two books were good. This one's great. So everything the first two books are reading up, leading up to this one, and this ends with the Battle of Jakku. So it is the Jakku. the final stand Jakku. of the Empire. And what I really adore with it is that one of the main characters is a young Temin Wexley, whose nickname is Snap Wesley. Yes, that one character that Paul absolutely hates because it's played by... Uh, uh, Grunberg. Yeah, Grunberg, which she can't stand for some reason. JJ's best friend. Yes, so right. I, I love that this novel, one of the main characters, is like a 
14 year old Grunberg. So I 14 year old Grunberg. So I'm enjoying that. So that's what I've been doing. Anything else, gentlemen? I stumbled across Rageaholic on uh, YouTube. What's Rageaholic? He <laughs> is he is this metal musician, or I, I think he is. <laughs> Aspiring with, metal musician, with maybe? A ba- with a band called uh, Razor Fist, I believe. Or he's Razor Fist. I couldn't quite grasp I, it. I hope he's Razor Fist. I think he's Razor Fist. But I stumbled across him because he was doing a set of reviews of Michael Moorcock's Elric series. Ah. So he's talking about the Elric books. And he's really funny because he's very loud, emotional, and, you know, you know this fucking story when he comes in and he, and, you know, and he describes things. But he also comes at it from a, very, from a very cool kind of arty perspective. So he's like raging away as this metalhead, but at the same time he's actually getting kind of deep with it so it's heavy metal reviews yeah it was it was it was very cool so i've been i've been trying to do little heavy metal comic uh jump arounds because i'm just trying to get inspired for the little mini campaign i'm running for matt and Ah, the others uh keep that going so how's that going uh well we haven't met again because uh, because you know uh Paulette and Matt and Lewis and Stephanie, you know, married people with their lives uh, and shit like that. And, no sons of guns. Yeah, I know. So, But we'll get together again and, and continue it. My goal is to make them love it so much it'll be a hard choice. Do we go back to the other one or do we stay with this when Andy gets back? We'll see what happens. Oh, and Andy's headphone jack broke, so he like hasn't like, even finished. Yeah, he can't listen to the show. Yeah. So this is your time to talk shit. Yep, this is it. <clears throat> Lay it out, Jeff. Yeah. I got Badge attack, go. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, uh, the video game system that that went for the home? Halcyon. That was the name of the system. Halcyon. Halcyon. It was named, it was inspired by Hal from... Ah. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. There you go. And it Halcyon. was an early AI system for the home. Well, you know what's really funny? It's like it didn't pick up, and we're heading in that direction. But it's almost like we're being kind of forced. Like if you look at S- Xbox and uh, Xbox One and uh, the the Connect and all of that, it's like you well well here's the new here's the new generation of Xbox, which is going to have all these features in it, and you kind of have to do it. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially I, the when the Xbox One first came out, they all came with Connect. You yeah. didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. and now it, the Connect's been completely discontinued. Yes. So but it, it it it's so funny because it's like they keep offering this all in one and the market doesn't quite grab it, so they just keep adding bits and pieces. You know what I'm saying? It it seems to me that they're slowly making an all-in-one, but they're not offering it because the market just won't go for it for some reason. I think it comes down more to, like, everybody has their all-in-one device, but everybody's like, oh, I need to get up in that. So they start making... is You have all of these companies making an all-in-one device, and there's not a whole lot of set of standards that go across the board so that you could say, this is my one device that I'm going to have in my entertainment right. center and it's going to support everything. And so you have to get this all-in-one device 
which is not really an all-in-one device. And you have to buy this one, too. And, you know. I, I will say this. If you go to CES, Consumer Electronics Show, yes. and you go to their integrated home section, you you will see that all in its Right. We have the joint. technology yes, for it's, it. It it's seems there. to me more. I mean, it's, and, and it's, Je- it's for the wealthy, Jeff, but it's there. Yeah, Jeff kind of went there. It seems to me more like a market thing than a technology thing. We're not blocked by technology. We're blocked by market. Yeah. It's just they just haven't gotten to the point where consumers Well, yeah, with the connected Yeah, with the connected home, your two big your two biggest players right now are Google and Amazon. Yeah, Alexa. And they're, they're fighting each other. Uh fact uh, speaking of Alexa and, and you spoke about Hal earlier, uh laughing creepily. Master said, replicas. Oh, yeah. Or I should say former Master Replicas employees reformed a new Master Replicas called Master Replicas Group and they're going to start building new prop replicas and stuff and their first one that they're working on is a recreation of the uh the little hal interface from mm-hmm. 2001 mm-hmm. and it has a built-in alexa <laughs> device so you can talk to it and it does the responses from the movie but then it can also control your smart home devices yeah so it's go. it's cool and at the same time a little creepy I love it. Oh, privacy this, privacy that. Alexa, yeah. play blah, blah, blah. I know. And oh, yeah. sitting there well, listening to you the whole Alexa, night. Alexa, what did I say about privacy last week? Oh, well, you said, you know, then it plays it back. <laughs> the, the, it's funny, And then too. laughs incessantly. Yeah. <laughs> the, ha- the, the how the thing are uh, the uh, the little uh, cell phone stands mm-hmm. that we got, the wooden cell phone with the how yes. sleeve on it. Yeah. Mine's sitting out there because I'll set up my phone while I'm working. And everybody who comes by and passes that are just like, that's so creepy. And they'll like look at it and move to the right and move to the... It's like it's following me. I mean, Exactly. <laughs> and thank you again, Colonel John, for those they thank rock. Thank you, Colonel. That was... Yeah, it's fun. Anything else, Jeldon? Uh shit. You know, I feel like I'm missing something, but I just don't know what it is. So, yeah. no. I'm missing something, but that's because I missed a week because of my crazy I work almost schedule. did. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I'm just trying <laughs> I went to see Pacific Rim 2. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Do tell. It was good. You get what you get. Monsters fighting big robots. All like, right. I guess that's what I'm asking for. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, like, there's no big... Uh, actually, wait. Eastwood's son is in it. Oh, yeah? So. Isn't John Boyega in it? Oh, he's not yeah. big in, uh, you know, Matt's eyes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He's got to earn his bones still. <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, it's the guy from that TV show, Sunny Phillies, or yeah, something like that. That guy from Attack the Block, you know? <laughs> It was, it was all right. Paulette fell asleep, so I don't know how to... No. Oh. Well, if you're falling asleep in a giant robot versus monster movie... Uh-oh. It was... We did go to the 1155 show, though. Oh, oh. there's your problem. So, yeah. <laughs> what? 1155? Well, wow. the other ones... See, I'm old now. The other ones were like the DFX. I'm like, it's too loud. I don't want to do the DFX. <laughs> So now that your really? schedule has opened up, oh I, rem- I remember when we saw Fury Road. I-, I love that he's the youngest person in the room, but he has the oldest spirit yeah. of all of it. <laughs> yeah, you kids, and get off my lawn. Yeah, that's turn an- that damn fool music Have you gone down. to the D- Galaxy DFX? Uh, yes. It is loud. We it did. I remember the Fury Road, and I'm- afterward, Paulette was like, that movie was loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Your ears were ringing. It, it was some- it's funny, too. The, the oldest spirit and the young Andy 
We we joke about Caveman Andy, yeah. but he's fucking on South Beach, right. watching Bikini Babes walk by while he's sucking on mojitos and shit. Right, and you know here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we, we keep getting the random pictures, and I'm like, really, Andy? Oh God damn! What you know that poor bastard. <laughs> I, 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 are we still taking bets on whether he's going to have a heart attack from all the fair food before oh he gets God. home? Yeah. It's like everything he's posted so far has been like deep fried that. And, oh, and it's not even eating. Bacon the look on his this. face just looking at it. He looks like he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Jesus. DFX. So, 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 okay, so I'm not getting it straight. Did you think it was good or did you think it was just okay? Oh, I liked it. It was okay. good. It was good. All I enjoyed right. it. Just not in DFX. Exactly. Too loud. <laughs> I loved <laughs> that, that should be the, the tagline for DFX. Too loud. <laughs> we turn this shit up. That, that'd be the... Is it like that, the Simpsons episode where they went to the uh, the THX theater and everybody's eyeglasses start breaking and the guy's teeth shatter? <laughs> turn it and then up, Abe Simpson's like, turn it up! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's do some news, gentlemen. News you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh. I like it. Go ahead. Let's see how much you like it. <laughs> wow, that's a bad date. <laughs> yeah, that could be uh, edited up into whole fun things, couldn't it? <laughs> here's, here's your challenge, shock monkeys. Yeah. Oh, Croak's on it already. <laughs> yeah, Croak, get on Torgo it. memes. See how much you like it. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about the somewhat reunited Spice Girls. Are you still on board, Matt? Matt's walked away. Matt's. I, I think he started singing. He, I, he he was so he laughed so hard he had to get some more water. There you go. Uh, okay. So so Spice Girls, you're on board. Every boy and every girl, spice up your life. People of the world, spice up your life. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I take I, I, this I, was... I take it back, Croak. That's the one I want you to pull out. <laughs> I thought this the whole talk of reunion was quashed like weeks ago. There, no talk of reunion tour. Uh-huh. But they are creating an animated film project in which they become superheroes. So we got going to Variety. Each yeah, of, I don't care. Each of the girls, uh, Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice, Red Mel- Light, Melanie Brown, oh, sorry, wrong Scary segment. Spice, Emma Button, uh, Baby button? Spice, Bunton. <laughs> Baby she is spice. cute as a button. That's, you know. Melanie Chisholm, Sports, Sporty Spice, and Jerry Hollowell, Ginger Spice, will voice a superhero who has a quote-unquote girl power unique to her branding and personality. A variety source told the paper that the group is Thinking big when it comes to potential global franchise, quote, they're the most successful girl group on the planet. It's just what Disney or Marvel needs, unquote. So, gentlemen, do you think the Spice Girls superhero group fits well in the MCU? No. Meh. Nope. No, not so much. Okay. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? Didn't have one. Didn't care for them. Really? Not at all. I just remember that song. All right. A lot of people who didn't care for them still had a favorite Spice Girl. Yeah. All right, fine. If I had to pick one, Ginger. All right. Is that because she was in Playboy? That figures. No, because she's a ginger. <laughs> He's like, maybe. <laughs> who was yours? Kirsten, do you have one? I don't know. It's like I, I, when I was young, the, the whole 
flagpole up the ass of posh spices just you know really intoxicating but you lost me a fact flagpole uh, yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like lost too i'm like say say what now well she you know she's posh spice she's all um you know stuck up right? oh i mean that was the stick that was stick the, up their ass not Okay. No, no. It, it, so for it her, was, it was a flag. For her, pole. it was a yeah. flagpole. I got you now. There you go. It's so, it's comic exaggeration, guys. Right. Well, yeah. I got it. What? I just didn't say anything. <laughs> so does it mean you liked her or you didn't like her because? Of her? Well, I did like her, but then I grew up, and so it's oh, sort of like, oh, I, you know. Then it's cliche. You're gonna like Potch Spice because she's all looking posh and everything, and so you know, I figure out now, nah, just perv out and go for Baby Spice. I've never hated them, but I was never into them either. So. No, I didn't. I never expect you to be into them, Jeff, ever. But you had a favorite. No, not really. <laughs> really, not a one. No. He can't even answer this question. Wow, I even answered it. I, Kay answered it. Okay, I which didn't. one were you sexually attracted to? <laughs> Go there. Okay, because there's one. There's there's you know they have everything for everybody uh, <laughs> in that group. If you look at it. Well, well, not everybody. Andy, Andy would ha- would be like, eh. All right, all right, a baby Jeff. and okay, ginger three way. Maybe there we go. Is there an is that an answer good yeah. enough for you? All right, Jeff. Okay, we'll open it up. <laughs> Who between the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys did you prefer? <laughs> oh, wow! Hey-yo. He went there. <laughs> Neither. He did that. He's an insect guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mmm, <laughs> oh, oh god oh, I, so, I still i've oh, seen god. the t have you ever seen the t-shirt i fucked the chicken hansen <laughs> <laughs> i actually have seen that, that t-shirt oh i died when i fucking saw that god damn it <laughs> if you'd have asked me back then my favorite spice girl would have been baby spice but since then i think uh sporty spice is awesome Sporty, no, as, I, as she is now, not, I, not how she was then. I like, but her how now. she is now because she's now that that real uh, folk folksy alt girl that mm-hmm. really works for me. Yeah, okay. Like so name. sporty spice wins. Alternative spice. I like scary spice too. Actually. Yeah, scary spice was. She was a, yeah. <laughs> alt, alt spice. <laughs> the the, the, alt the newest spice. member. Alt yeah. spice. <laughs> That's all the uh, news. Don't give a shit about. So weekend geek. Uh, oh wait! I mean, hey! Dude, I'm looking at the thousand-yard stare of Zuckerberg <laughs> in these last couple weeks. Oh. So let me guess: you're saving all the news you don't sh- give a shit about until when Andy gets back, so you can torture him. Yes, please do. There, there are a lot of weeks where the news you don't give a shit about is just so boring that it's not worth bringing up. Okay, and but, that's wow. been a lot. But can you please save them all? Because. Um, the first episode back is be like, okay, this is the Andy podcast. Go ahead. What'd you do oh, for the last boy. month? And I'm just going to sleep over here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in fact, so, there is, there in fact is why don't you set up a mic? Okay. Let Andy talk. And we'll come at like 1130. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I I'm thinking uh, yeah. we won't come at all. You just do Andy's episode. and Well, we just do the intros and then we all leave yeah. and just let, leave him with the mic set up. Well, hell, okay. we'll pre-record the intros. No, Matt, okay. Matt, I like I like the, that ass. You will bring Andy in normal time. You guys will come in an hour later. I'll act like I hit the record button and, 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 and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys will get here. We'll do a show. Oh, there you He's are. out the system. And the whole, then he'll make references to jokes that no one ever heard. And that, that's true. <laughs> and we just have to like... <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, Andy. Oh, you gotta give him that. You gotta give him that one. <laughs> and what's great is he's not gonna know because his headphone jack is broken, so he's not listening oh, yeah. to this episode. He has no idea it's coming. 
So he won't. We'll never know his favorite Spice Girl. <laughs> I think it was Bedrock Spice. I'm not positive, but Pebble Spice. Pebble Spice. Pebble Spice. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Weekend Geek. Uh, this one, I don't know. This one, I don't know. This is one of those edgers. Ready Player One screenwriter Zach Penn has signed on to adapt Rom Space Knight for Hasbro's AllSpark Pictures and Paramount. Rom was originally a toy, then it was put into comics. He's depicted as being from a utopian society who battles all the forces of evil on Earth as well as other planets. AllSpark Pictures is solely developed and dedicated to producing films based on Hasbro toys. And the company has previously announced something along the lines of the Hasbro Cinematic Universe that we've discussed now and again. That includes the reboot of G.I. Joe and uh, films based on Mask and Micronauts. Micronauts looks like it's happening. Mask, not so much. Uh, Though we'd also heard that Brom could get the axe due to Hasbro scaling back, the news about Penn would seem to indicate the opposite. Now, now here's the part where it makes me nervous about Penn. Oh. I mean, yes, he wrote Ready Player One, and so far the reviews coming in for it seem pretty positive. There's an Eldar in Ready Player One. There's everything in Ready Player One. I know, One. but I, I, I like that. It is Easter egg, the, yeah. Easter egg the movie. Penn's writing credits include The Last Action Hero, which he sold when he was 23 years old. Uh, X2, X-Men United. Probably the, one of the best X-Men movies yeah. out there before this new set came along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. X-Men The Last Stand. Ooh. <clears throat> well... That one's tough to judge because... Ratner? Well, yeah. <laughs> Rat, Ratner came in and really took that thing over. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole bunch of videos about that on YouTube. Give him a pass on that. Okay. How about I, Electra? Can we give him a pass on Electra? Oh, no. shit. You know, I still have never seen that all the way through. You know I hear that. Yeah, I hear that's a good thing. I, no. I, I started watching it once and I was just like, I'm just not really feeling this. And I turned it off. I think the world said that to that movie. You know, probably. And he did The Incredible Hulk. The, the, the actual Ang- Marvel version. Not the Ang Lee, oh, okay. not Hulk, but the Which Incredible Which I still Norton. think people give the Ang Lee one too much shit. Yeah, they it's, do. It's, I do too. I, I liked it. What, Erica ben, uh, Banna one or the yeah. that's yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah but, the right. one, but the one that he wrote is the Edward Norton, Edward Norton one. Edward. That, was, nope. that was all right too. The one that's part of the MCU. Yes. Yeah. Abomination, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's currently working on the still mysterious... Matrix adjacent script for Warner Brothers. So, Ooh, so that's that's adjacent. out there. That's all we know about it. That there's a Matrix movie that's not the Matrix. I don't know. So he's doing Rom currently. Does Rom? I I, I know Andy was excited about Rom. Mm-hmm. Anybody else that was like, I want Rom the Space Knight movie. I enjoyed some of the comics when I read them, but I, I it like, wasn't it wasn't like my oh my god I got to get the next episode or next issue of of Rom. It was just like oh here's something to read. Oh that was kind of neat. I liked was, the toy. It made a lot of noise. I never had the toy. It had red flashing lights. There you go. It's for its eyes and its backpack. And then right. if it's really cosmic, that'll be cool. I have a feeling though it's going to be Rom goes to Earth and you know is blasting humans and shit. But if it's cosmic, if they if if like Hasbro tries to do a uh, Hasbro Guardians of the Galaxy, well, it was a cosmic comic. Yeah, I'd be through excited. and through that. I would like, and I assume that I think Marvel holds on to the dire wraiths and all that shit. So it's going to be a whole new 
uh, universe. Whole new world. Yeah, this is yeah. Marvel. I mean Marvel. This is Hasbro going, right. starting from scratch on this one. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm curious. I am. I and, am. and and but Zach Penn's background. Well, we'll I, have I don't to know. see. We'll have to see. Ready Player One. See, yes. you know, maybe he got it back. You know, that's true. That is true. And I do look forward to that movie mm-hmm. a lot. And then and then, if Ready Player One is good, one of the things you can argue is that Penn, you know, if he has the right director, if he's connected to the right director, then so then we have to watch who's going to be the director for Rom. To see, you know, fine point. to pass our premature geek judgment that we all do. What if they announce Michael Bay? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you yeah. don't have to worry about Zach Penn's script at all because <laughs> it probably won't get past the, yeah. It's funny. I actually want to see Michael Bay do something other than Transformers to see sure. if he can he will next. try. No, I know, I know he will, but I just, I, I want to see if he's able to get over this whole spectacle movie thing and has Michael Bay ever gotten over spectacle movie thing that's tough to 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 address because he started off with a good mix of story and spectacle and then went to complete spectacle with no story with the Transformers films sure so maybe if he can rein himself back in a little bit yeah that first one was good because I like the two bad boys films those had decent stories and you know, weren't like completely over the top spectacle. I mean, the second one was a lot more. You know, Will Smith and uh, what? Uh, what's his name? Lawrence. Doing uh, Martin Lawrence doing their their bits in the film, but uh, it I, still was fun. Now he also did uh, The Rock. He yep. did uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. What else did he do? I'm wow. trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go diving for it. I'm just wondering. Right. There's <laughs> no. anything off? No. I'm just. Uh, yeah. Off the top of my head, I think we addressed most of them. At least most of the popular ones. Well, <laughs> that's. <laughs> it's true. Transformers about all he did for the last twelve years. Yeah. Exactly. Although produced a few. So. Yeah. 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 yeah but yeah. signed some checks and. Yeah. Said yeah that script works. It could be worse. Could get like Mick G. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I never consider even even though I make fun of him, I've never considered Bay a bad director. And no and he in, in no way has annoyed me as much as Brett Ratner and McGee. Though those two are the, the two directors that when I hear it I've run away. Yeah. And and frankly, uh Paul and Frank and and Frank was terrible director. A terrible director. A, a great writer, terrible director. Aww. But no, uh Paul W. S. Anderson. Not not P. T. Anderson. That right. that Paul Anderson's amazing. Right. Right. But Paul W. S. Anderson, the uh the guy behind the Resident Evil series. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I find his stuff very unwatchable. Yeah. Those are pretty bad. Highly sleepworthy. Ain't no Uwe Bull. And Uwe Mick Bull. G is another one of those that's like terrible director, but decent producer. Yes. And I cannot for the life of me figure that out. Yeah, I have no problem with McGee producing at all. Because he's produced some amazing things. But once he gets behind the camera and starts directing now movies... He's, he's produced Chuck. What else did he produce? Oh, Jesus. Well, he did that one... He produced that one series that had... Uh, it was kind of like the modern-day uh, Cannonball Run. It was a TV series on Fox. I think it was called... Not Fast... Well, he there was another series he, he produced called Fastlane, which wasn't that great, but... Uh, <laughs> 
God, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the name of this series. It had uh, Mal from Firefly. Was in it, it called uh, the Ren and Balkun? No, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like a produced thing, and and it was wow. it was a fun. No, I think that one st- uh, starred Stormy Daniel- Daniels. That was a, yeah. a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, yay, Stormy! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this next one, if, I almost don't feel like I can go to this one because it's kind of a sad story. Uh, Deb, uh, Debbie Lee Carrington, an actress known for her work on Total Recall, Bride of Chucky, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, died at age of 58. Uh, Carrington was born on December 14th, 1959 in San Jose, California, with dwarfism, the condition in which the person doesn't grow beyond 4 foot 10, even into adulthood. In 1982, she received a degree in child psychology from the University of California, Davis, when her first ever roles in Hollywood was as an Ewok in Return of the Jedi, a role she reprised two more times for television movies Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure and Ewok's Battle for Endor. She'd go on to appear in a whole number of high-profile genre projects through the 80s and 90s, such as Howard the Duck, The Garbage Pale Kids, Total Recall, Spaced Invaders, Batman Returns, Men in Black... And Bride of Chucky. Total Recall. Yes, that is what you know her from. Yeah, she's, right. she's the dwarf in the that, bar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we, I know exactly who you're talking about. So we unfortunately lost her this week. So she was tough up. as nails in that movie, too. Tough as nails in person. She was the stunt body of the human walking in Bride of Chucky as oh. the Bride of Chucky. Okay. So, wow. So, yeah, so she, she was Tiffany for the, those parts. So my, my heart goes out. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Has anyone been to a 4D-plex? I don't think they're in Vegas yet. A 4D-plex? 4D-plex is a movie theater. A movie theater with moving seats. I was going to say there's a 40-something movie experience at the Excalibur. I think that's the D-Box, which I think is also a Stormy Daniels picture. Yeah. Because uh, they're running... Uh, uh, San Andreas was just that rock. Yeah. Oh, film. I can't wait not to see Also, that. Journey to the Center of the Earth or something, too. Is that, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the sequel to that one, yeah. Also, a rock. <laughs> is that right. what it is? Yeah. Only rock goes, movies go to D Box. I don't, I don't, and, be, and I don't know. There's a Lego one, too. There's yeah. a Lego movie going on there, too. Yeah, I don't know what it's all about because I only see the advertisements for it when I'm driving to work. But yeah, the D Box ones, they it have. It says like, like a 40 experience. and It has the rumble in the seat and so on, but I, I don't know. I don't if know it's, 100%. All right. Well, the world's leading 4D cinema company, CJ 4D Plex, is ramping things up. The Korean company is launching a brand new element of the 4D experience. That is set to immerse the audience even further into the movie-going experience with 4DX with Screen X. <laughs> I lost just, Matt. I'm just I'm having it where I had like extra D. <laughs> 4DX, the X, X, X. The f- uh, it's four times the dick extra. <laughs> 4DX is already a pretty extreme way to watch a movie with elements of moving chairs to create st- strong vibration, weather effects in the theater, lightning, rain, fog, uh, flashing strobe lights for the lightning, that sort of thing. Is it Just I what I like. Say, you go to a movie and it rains off. Oh, fuck, I'm going to get wet. The, the moving seats, is that anything like... Uh, like when I went to Disneyland last time, it was like five years ago or whatever. They had the Captain EO revival, and in the theater, the seats moved. 
like when there was dancing going on, they were rocking back and forth, like side to side. I and think it's kind of like that. Similar. I, I watched a little video of this thing in okay. action, and those seats were moving. I mean, ours were moving pretty good right. too, but but they were they were there was yeah it, it was it was a I'm, little I'm weird. Guess it was a, sim- a similar thing, maybe okay. turned up a notch. Okay. Th- in this case, I got gotcha. you. But this whole forty X with screen X. The X you get the added feature of 270-degree multi-projection panoramic visuals. That's what Screen X is. You're seeing the movie in front of you, and the walls on the side are also screens. Okay. So in other words, there are projection screens all around you. There's uh, some place like that in L.A. right now. Well, the technology is going to make yeah, its planetarium. U.S. debut <laughs> at CinemaCon. That takes place here in Las Vegas on April 23rd to the 26th. Is it that time already? It's that Jeez. time already. Uh, the success of it will also depend on the type of movie that gets the intense 4D treatment. The company previously teamed up with Disney Japan for a special 4DX viewing experience of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Hmm. So this stuff is happening more overseas than in the U.S. So this is the first time in the U.S. we're going to get this wall thing but cinema whatever cinema con is an industry only thing so it's yes. not something that we can go no. to as the public if you sign up as press you can get limited access but a yeah. lot of the stuff there's a cinema con has a lot of stuff for theater owners yes. that you can only get into by invite and press aren't even allowed in there so so watch out for 4dx with screen x Possibly coming to a theater near you, especially if you're in a big city. Potentially, maybe I don't know. I've yeah. I've never seen it, but I the video I watched very interesting. I, huh. It looked like fun. I don't think I want to see every movie in it. I don't think I watch Sophie's Choice in 4X. But <laughs> what about like um, those cannibal ones in the 70s? And uh, oh wow, <laughs> or or a Stormy Daniels movie. <laughs> yeah. When they turn on the uh, the, the, the rain, rain effect, effect there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are the smelling effects too? Oh God! Oh, this is getting this is getting Man. wonderful right now. The scent effects. Oh. Activate bleach and Play-Doh smell. <laughs> bleach and Play-Doh. <laughs> no. No. Oh. It'll be funny. Who gets more revolted, the the girls or the guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of horrified. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. <laughs> this next one, I am so intrigued by this next one, and, and and given its actor, the actors they need for this thing, maybe it's a potential job for UK in the future. Oh, sh- oh, because this is something that's coming to Vegas. <laughs> he said in yeah. the future. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, no, and then I guess wait, wait, saw wait. the look on his face, and I'm like, yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask one quick question: Is it the Perry Farrell thing? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Perry. But Farrell? now I want to know what the Perry Farrell thing is. This is the guy from uh, Porno for Pyros right. and um, Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction. Thank you. He. They want to team up with this open air mall on the Strip and make this outdoor market experience but they want to make it themed like a like a mid-east style outdoor market so there's going to be actors and performances going on and it's going to be like a cash-free zone so you have this little bracelet a la disneyland that you you attach a credit card to to do all your purchases so you can actually walk up to a a booth and say oh i like this hat and then just beep 
then you're gone. Sorry, sir. No refunds. <laughs> Don't get it too close. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm reading about this and I'm like, this just sounds all kinds of weird and wrong. And it's totally Perry Farrell. Especially when the rain starts and it smells like bleach and Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So that's what I thought you were going to read. But no, now, Andy, now I'm really intrigued. Andy in the corner doing caricatures. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued with what you're saying. I'm, yeah. I don't know what this Farrell project is. Because that's what I was going to tell Kirsten about. Because I guess they're in, in like eight I, months going to be hiring actors. I want to do movies. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to walk around Vegas being a character anymore. I did it to pay the rent. That's not who I am! <laughs> well, maybe this next thing will... Oh. This is uh, Vegas. We all have a calling, Chris. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the Russo brothers. Okay. There you go. Ah, yeah. Our track. Are finishing yeah. up Avengers Infinity War. Yes. They're also running their own production company called Agbo. Under this banner, they're looking to get involved in the world of interactive theater. Okay. Bloody Disgusting, that's the premier horror news site, right. is reporting that Agbo is teaming up with the Tension Experience, which is an immersive theatrical horror event that has been directed for the last three years by Darren Bowsman, who wrote Repo, Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4. It's tough to describe what this interactive entertainment is, and that's kind of the point. It's partly a live theater show, but it's also an alternate online gaming situation and a virtual l- real-life game. Bozeman himself is quoted as saying, quote, As a consumer, I became passive. I sat back and I watched while things happened around me. I wanted to feel more engaged. I needed something to wake me up and inspire me. Immersive theater did that. It forces the audience to be active. We want to create environments where the audiences are the stars. Their action unlocks the narrative, unquote. Joe and Anthony Russo attended one of these interactive shows, and they were blown away. According to Bloody Disgusting, we're beyond impressed by the wholly immersive experience that Tension has brought to all of their shows, and we look forward to helping them expand their reach, says a statement from Joe and Anthony Russo. Part of this will include a creation of a permanent fixture in Las Vegas, which will feature a living, breathing world that reacts to the choices of the audience. The new location would also include, quote, new and cutting-edge technology that will be in play before, during, and after you step through the doors, unquote. Hmm. As the audiences audiences of these shows help to shape the narrative, it's unclear at the moment how much of the story the Russos will have a hand in, though much of the interactive theater experience does come from audience response, an overarching outline is often utilized. Uh, The popular Sleep No More in New York changes depending on how you navigate it, but it has roots firmly set in Shakespeare's Macbeth. Likewise, most interactive escape rooms... Uh, also growing in popularity and number all, all across the nation, have outlined backstories to them that twist and bend as needed. Uh, for more information on the Tension Experience, you can visit their website, tensionexperience.com. Even if you can't attend one of those shows, you can still participate on their online version of it. It's so hard to describe what this is, so I went onto the website and, and peeked into it a little bit and, and took some some pieces out of it. 
This is from their website. Quote, for nine months, participants of an elaborate ARG, that's alternate reality game, if you think of David Fincher's movie, The Game, if you've seen that, yep. that's, really that's really an alter, alternate reality game. So for nine months, participants of an ARG unlocked the secrets of a mysterious cult and altered its very narrative along the way. This journey accumulated in a block-long, site-specific, two-hour immersive experience where the audience became the star of their own psychological thriller. The tension experience generated unprecedented reviews and a life-altering entertainment for those who dared participate, unquote. Uh, they're currently in the middle of a storyline. This is ongoing currently. And this new one is called Lust. This is the description from their website. Some have described playing Lust as similar to starring in your own conspiracy thriller. Every unexpected knock at your door, every no-caller ID phone call holds the potential for more story to unfold. Characters have crashed real-life parties Actual friends have turned out to be plants, and the story has even occasionally shifted across the country with one notable moment taking place with a participant in Minnesota. But lust could also be compared to an online investigation. We comb through emails, texts, videos, and pictures to speculate who really killed this character. Is this other character faking their own death? Should we believe anything this person says, or are they simply trying to get a rise out of us? Ultimately, players are all grappling with the question, what do we truly desire? Here's the structure of the lust experience. Uh, before the one that we were talking about before was called tension, this one's lust. It's a two-phase experience. The first phase is the alternate reality experience. The second phase is a ticketed immersive event. Phase one, the experience. The alternate reality experience is free. You can join and leave at any time. There are five main places where the story unfolds. The forums, Slack, which is a interactive chat, uh, Periscope, Facebook, and in the real world. During the arc, players monitor all these venues. They may be asked to pick up a letter left somewhere in the real world, to get coffee with a character in the real world, or to choose sides in an ever-growing war for data, power, and freedom. Players' choices can shape the course of the story. Although... And throughout the arc phase, there may be a few ticketed and free of live events. Phase two, the big event. We recently learned that Lust will likely culminate in a year-long theatrical installation similar to Sleep No More in New York. If it's anything like Tension's theatrical installation, it will be several hours long and support multiple visits. You will not have to pl have played the alternative reality part in order to understand and enjoy the final event. Come in knowing everything or nothing. So you sign up for this thing, you get interaction in your real life, mostly online, but also in person, probably more where the location is, being the one coming to Vegas, that's what I would assume. And then once that whole story culminates, they have this team of about 45 actors in this warehouse, at least the tension was, and it had about 15 sets in that warehouse that you move from one to the another. It was like a haunted house, except it was a story you're the star, and what you do affects the story and how you interact with people. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I've hmm. never heard or seen anything like Not this. That I've never heard of anything like that. I We know actors here in Vegas who participate in these 
game things where you like go to a bar. It's almost like a like a murder mystery kind of thing. Murder mystery scavenger hunt. You go to a bar and you see the person with the flower and the lapel and they give you a clue for the next thing that you go to. And we have a few friends who actually participate in those things now and again. It's not like a regular job, but that sounds big. That yeah. Sounds, that sounds big, and it sounds it actually that actually does sound cool. It's no movie, but you know it sounds cool. So it's called the Tension Experience. TensionExperience.com. I, if you're interested, I highly recommend going to the website and checking out the videos. Uh, it gives you more of a feel of what it is, and I will tell you right now, it feels pretty amazing. Mm. It's something I definitely would like to experience. Hmm. Although the crashing in the real life thing, I don't know if I can yeah. deal with that. Take the good with the bad. I, I don't know. You take them both and there you have yeah. the facts of life? No, the tension experience. Where okay. are you listening? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think you fall asleep over there. <laughs> no. Professor Stephen Hawking's ashes will be interred at Westminster Abbey. Hawking died at the age of 76 last week. The Dean of Westminster, the very Reverend Dr. John Hall, said in a statement, It's entirely fitting that the remains of Professor Stephen Hawking are to be buried in the Abbey near those of distinguished fellow scientists. Sir Isaac Newton was buried in the Abbey in 1727. Charles Darwin was buried beside Isaac Newton in 1882, unquote. Other famous scientists said to be buried or memorialized nearby include atomic physicist Ernest Rutherford in 1937 and Joseph John Thompson in 1940. I think it's absolutely fantastic that I will be able to visit and memorialize Stephen Hawking in Westminster. Absolutely. That's, that is a fitting place for him to reside, or at least his ashes do. Yes. So I'm really excited by that. Should have shot him into a black hole. Uh, a good idea. Yeah. On point. Yeah. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Now, I'm, I I wonder, there's a lot of... Well, actually, there's at least one company that I know of. Sorry, not a lot of companies. There are a, a lot, lot of... A lot of that shoot in the black I holes? was going to say there are a lot of um, famous people that have had their ashes taken to space by these one or two companies. Ah, yes. I wonder if they would do that before... Because that was one of his dreams was to always to go into space. Sure, Closest right. he ever came was on the, the, the zero-G flight. Yes, the Vomit Comet. Yes, that he had, you know, a blast with. Um, it was fl- I've seen, I've seen vid- uh, videos yeah. of him being pushed around. Yeah, them. and he's, like, just, got the biggest grin on his yeah. face. But, uh, but, yeah, since he never got to make it into space, I wonder if that'll happen before they enter his ashes. That'd be really cool, though, if they did. I would assume if that was happening, it would have been in this story. Just saying, unless, well, unless it's a secret well, thing. Well, like with with Gene Roddenberry, they didn't talk. They didn't speak about his ashes being taken into space until like years after, because okay. I guess the person that took it because there was an astronaut took it on the on the space shuttle, and I guess they were technically not allowed to do that. So it was. What do you like, got there? Don't worry yeah. about it. It's, it's fucking man navigation. Oval team. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh. oval team. Can I ask them? <laughs> Oh God, that's that's terrible. <laughs> that's as bad as that. That reminds me of the uh, episode of Night Court. He's like, I te- I fixed your coffee maker. I tested it out with this herb tea. It's like that wasn't herb tea. That was herb. 
That's one of the reasons I love. And then you have Dan spitting out the the coffee. (laughs) You are a true repository of of pop culture. Useless TV and movie knowledge. I love it. (laughs) Sandman Slim is getting a film debut. Based on the series of supernatural detective novels by Richard Cadry, Sandman Slim follows James Stark, a gladiator in hell who is sent back to Los Angeles, where he divides his time between avenging his girlfriend's murder and seeking Mason Fame, the black magician who sent him to hell. Along the way, Stark beheads another magician, Kazabian? What the? Kazabian? 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 Kazaboon? Damn it, Andy! The the other another no no Andy Andy does his stumbles with confidence <laughs> you, you gotta admit he just Stark beheads another magician special K and his head becomes special, special K, K. what <laughs> really your, there's your new nickname seriously really special K I'm gonna think it's Casabane it beheads another magician Casabane and Casabane heads becomes Stark's sidekick. I'm on board on this. Yeah, I got the first Sandman Slim novel. I haven't read it, but... There are currently nine books in the series. Uh, The most recent book, The Kill Society, was released last year. Deadline reports that Chad Chad Skalski has tapped Sony partner Studio 8 to direct Sandman Slim, with an eye on making it a franchise. Of course it is. Uh, Skalski got a start as a stuntman coordinator on films ranging from The Matrix to 300 to Van Helsing. He spent some time as a second unit director on films like The Hunger Games and After Earth before helming his own project, John Wick. He directed the first two John Wick films and has third in pre-production, Kerry Williamson. What happened to Monday, Alex Cross, will adapt the novel. So the John Wick director will be directing Sam Ansel. I thought I thought Kirsten got shocked with a cattle prod there because as soon as you said John Wick, he was yeah. like, Ooh. Those are good movies. Yes. So I, I'm on board with the Sam Man Slim thing. That's... I guess I should read that. I'm not familiar with uh, Sandman Slim. I've heard the name. I've seen it every now and then. It just kind of sits in the back of my head with the other... uh, The other things you'll never get to watch and or read. No, yeah, the uh, the other uh, wizards that are out fighting crime or whatever. Ah. Very, what I consider, uh, Hellblazer-esque inspired stories. Gotcha. I like this description, and I like... This I still haven't seen John Wick, but I everyone loves oh, it. I know Jesus that it has cachet. God Almighty, this fucking guy, Jeff. I don't even know how you put up with it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was busy on my phone. You've never <laughs> seen John Wick? Oh, uh, that was two stories ago, dude. <laughs> wow, wow. And this wow. surprises you? Why? Yeah. Everybody, give give Torgo shit for no, this. No, give him I mean, shit for being on his phone and not realizing what we're talking about. No, no, you're not deflecting. <laughs> why do you? Why do you think I didn't even react when he said you know, he's not seen John Wick? It's like, yep, add that to the yeah, list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm just gonna deflect with my bleach rain machine right here. Just press <laughs> this button. <laughs> bleach rain machine. Bleach rain. Is, is that our? Is that our title? <laughs> Bleach, bleach and Play-Doh rain machine. Bleach and Play-Doh rain machine. Oh, what? I have to check something. Oh, you'll like that. You can check it whenever if it, when it gets to you. Oh, but. okay. Oh, now you're sharing things. Yeah, we've got our own stuff going yeah, apparently. on. Apparently, Torgo. Oh, I oh. got the fl- your flashlights just blinded me. He did that to me one time. <laughs> he even like it, it, put it in his shirt pocket and it blinked right yeah. in my eye. When it looks his, like I had glowing nipples. When his texts go off on Commander's K's phone. 
his flashlight <laughs> pops twice. Yes. You, you can you can get there's a lot of phones that have that capability yeah. and or there's an app you That's can get. That's right. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's in that. the settings. It's just it's not, I, I, it's not I, useful for anyone except him apparently. Yeah, I enjoy it. These two are no. It's because I frequently silence my phone, and the light that that captures your attention that gets that without lets being me know, loud. You know because it's um, but you can't silence your phone during the show. That's no, right. <laughs> it's part of the show that oh, okay. because well back when I used to put the pictures on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We would get all sorts of Twitter reactions. Now we get Facebook reactions. I don't do Facebook notifications. Yes, of course. So, um, you know, oh, well. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I still keep it on because just now in case. it just annoys you <laughs> mildly. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's big. It's, it's not like when you annoy me and one of your game betrayals. <laughs> but, you know. Those are life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> They can, you know, they're borderline life ending. <laughs> Netflix has snagged international rights to Monty Python's entire catalog. Oh, I saw that. Wow. Including the comedy troupe's TV series, Monty Python's Flying Circus, and all the movies. All Net- the movies. Netflix will launch the titles in the UK, Canada, and other territories beginning April 15th to be followed in the US sometime later in the year. Uh, Netflix is also consi- uh, considering commissioning all new Python material. Uh, past reunions include Monty Python Live at Aspen, and more recently, One Down, Five to Go, which saw surviving members John Cleese, Eric Idle, <laughs> Michael Palin, <laughs> Terry Gilliam, and Terry Jones. What a name. Oh, I love it. Get together for a series of live shows at London's O2 Arena in 2014. Uh, of course, Graham Chapman passed away in 89 from cancer. Uh, I've seen clips of that show. It's it's hilarious because like they have like a, I think that they have a, a a little box that's supposed to have his ashes in it, and the box like moves every now and then when they're making jokes about it. Yeah. Those titles are going to be part of the streaming package, so you oh, will be able to see it. Nice, cool. uh, which will also feature rarer Python productions as well, such as Monty Python's Fliegender Zirkus. That's a two 45-minute comedy specials, which originally aired in West Germany's ARD in 1972, and Monty Python's Personal Best, a box collection featuring six one-hour specials. There's also Monty Python's Best Bits, mostly, Monty Python Conquers America, Monty Python's Almost the Truth, among others, and fans of Eric Idle will be pleased to learn that his 2012 stage production, Eric Idle's What About Dick, featuring the comedian along with Russell Brand, Billy Connolly, uh, Jane Levies, Tracy Ullman, and Tim Curry will air as well. Ooh. All the good Python stuff. Oh, Just wow. Just here. I don't like it. And all the bad <laughs> Python stuff. It's all coming. This is news I do give a shit about. Right? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I stumbled across uh, on YouTube uh, some John Cleese uh, clips, because I guess he uh, did a, uh, a recent promotional thing of some kind, and so he was doing the, the talk show show circuit he was with Stephen Colbert and he was talking about some of the London stuff that they had done and he said his favorite part were the Q&A's because you never know what people are going to ask and he said one point this one old lady gets up and and asks him do you think the queen killed Diana and and he said everyone is like (gasps) and freezing up and he's like (laughs) and and I'm the only one laughing (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, the whole audience is like, oh, and he's laughing. And he said that um, everybody just kind of froze. So that gave him enough time to think. And he finally responded with, well, certainly not with her bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this. Uh, yeah, we got time for one more of these. Do we? We do. Okay. We do. Yeah. We do. I, I promise. There's only four of us. We don't have to get through Andy stumbling through his <laughs> responses. You to... killed him. <laughs> what? Spit it out. <laughs> he doesn't have headphones. He can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I think the jack's broken. It is one of the reasons why the show goes so long. It's just, you know, wading through this. Yes. I don't cut it out. Right. Yeah. That's your fault. That is my fault. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, of course, us going, what did you just say? Yeah, we always fall for that. There's five minutes of that. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, that and his, I, I really love when he throws out his story bomb, the story grenade where he's waiting for you to prompt him. He just says the weird, obscure thing, and then he just stares at you, <laughs> waiting, waiting for you to go, what is that? And it's like, it, it's funny because once in a while, I can control my curiosity, and I don't ask. The dust, the dust of the migratory west is really itchy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, you just don't respond, and you just he he just stares at you, and you can tell he's disappointed. <laughs> makes you kind of warm inside. But usually, usually you're like, uh, okay, so what about the migratory what? And then he tells the story. This last weekend, I went to California, and I yeah. stopped at this little truck stop, and they were selling these little vials of 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 the and uh, <laughs> vials of what? Of it's supposed to be radioactive dust. That's what I said. Radioactive dust. And uh, <laughs> one of us always like, well, why didn't you just say radioactive dust? Well, it wasn't radioactive dust. It was just pixie sticks, but it was in a little vial that said, right. that, so it looked kind of cool. I brought some for you if you want to taste it here on the show. Yeah. Huh? So did he come out and do some impressions? Nope. <laughs> That's still my favorite one. That's still my favorite one. So did you buy it for the rest like, of us? No, I actually didn't buy it. dangling just... and we're like, and? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Chris and Nazareth Az- were like, did he come out and do some of the voices? Oh, oh. no, he wasn't there that day. Yeah, like, no. no, no, no. He, he went, nope. <laughs> he was just like, nope. Well, well, I didn't bring the pixie dust with me today. Yeah. yeah. I'll bring, I'll bring it next week. Yeah, next I, week. I, I forgot about that. That was two weeks ago. I meant to tell you last week, but so, yeah. Do you have the pixie dust? Nope. <laughs> <sighs> One time mall staple KB Toys is returning to claim the mall retail space left newly vacant by Toys R Us. Only okay. days after Toys R Us announced it was shuttering all 735 of its U.S. locations, retro revival entrepreneur Elia Kassoff has revealed his company, Strategic Marks LLC, plans to give KB Toys a reboot. Uh, Kassoff told uh, at CNN Money that Strategic Marks intends to open at least 1,000 pop-up KB Toy stores by the end of this year only a year after first acquiring the brand from Toys R Us itself. Quote, my assumption is there's about half a billion dollars worth of toys that have been produced for Toys R Us with no place to go, Kassoff explained. 
That's a big, big void that we're hoping to fill up, unquote. Well, at least he doesn't mince words. Yeah. That's uh, the idea behind using the pop-up model is to hit the ground running with Kassoff telling CNN Money that Strategic Marks is collaborating with companies like Spencer and Party City. Quote, companies that know how to do it. They have the methodology. They're used to rolling out stuff really quickly, unquote. At its height, KB Toys actually had 1,300 retail stores. 500 more than Toys R Us at the time of its shutdown. KB Toys went out of business under its own name in 2009, allowing Toys R Us to swoop up and pick up its branding assets. Uh, One interesting uh, trivia tidbit for KB Toys. Uh, KB Toys, when it went into bankruptcy, was owned by Bain Capital. Yeah, yeah. Using the same things that Bain Capital used to destroy Toys R Us. Yeah, buying a name, loading it with debt, and then trying to... uh pay off dividends to yes yeah it's it's sad i mean it's funny because you get a lot of little uneducated people talking about oh amazon killed another chain and it's like no amazon did not kill kb kb toys or toys r us investment capital groups that come in and buy things load them with debt and then realize that it's too much debt to recoup and you're still trying to basically shed assets in order to p- keep paying your, you know, stockholders. Sure. Now that's what kills it, and KB it's just toys, a bad business model. And KB Toys, let me get this straight: the KD Toys was not in great shape. No, when they bought it, right? But it was certainly in no shape to handle all the debt that they shoved on it. And the and the sad thing is, Toys R Us, when they got bought up, were not in a bad. They weren't in bad shape at all either. Right? They they you know. Their sales sales were pretty stagnant, but they weren't dropping off. Right, they were they were just level, and especially with their Babies or Us brand, that helped bring it up because you know people are never going to stop having babies, so you know they have need of buying stuff for their infants, and that brand helped keep the the business going. But you know, sadly, you know, sure, there's another institution that's going away because of following poor business models but you know well, it's a great business model if you're an investment capitalist yes absolutely it's terrific for you and your 200 people right you know what we're at the hour and a half mark okay so this is on the time we this start is, winding this is where down, you this start is also where I, my <laughs> mouth falls apart <laughs> and and i become horrible all right but, but in, instead of stopping and smelling the roses yeah and and then I'm doing pretty good so far. I've only mangled yes. one name. Yes. Uh, but instead of quitting while I'm ahead, let's do some red light, green light. <laughs> wow, oh, just okay. three of us? Yeah, wait a sec. It's kind of perfect. It's an odd group. What? That's, I mean, speak for you yourself, mean, buddy. You mean, you, you mean beyond <laughs> numerically, right? We're an odd group. What? I don't even know what you're talking about numerically. Okay. All right. But we also have an odd amount of people. So, you know, if, if there's no ties here okay so red light green light gentlemen you are now executives (laughs) i'm gonna pitch it to you what do you think what we do in the shadows amber light will arrive on fx which has committed to making a full half hour pilot reports variety based on the 2014 mockumentary about a bunch of vampires living together in new zealand the show's plot is Currently a secret, but we know it'll focus on characters who appeared in the movie. The original film was helmed by Jermaine Clement, 
the uh, from the BFG Moana, a flight, flight of the Concords. Concords. Yep. And a pre Thor Ragnarok, uh, uh, Taika Watiki. Taika. Taika Watiki. Yeah. Okay. Taika Watiki. That's two names. <laughs> sits. He's sitting in the director's chair. Unlike the movie, the show will take place in America, and star Kevin Novak. I know I got that right. From Four Lions, Matt Berry from Community, uh, Natasha Demetrius from Year Friends, and Harvey Gillen from Thundermans. I have ah. no idea who any of those people are. The yeah. first guy sounded like a bounty hunter, like a galactic bounty hunter. I don't even know what I just said. That was just a challenge of me trying to say names. Who's after you? Kevin Which could Novak. be a good thing if yeah. it's a bunch of unknowns. <laughs> it's a good name. Uh, the original cast will not be featured. This is just the first adaptation of the cult mockumentary that's in the works. Another show called Wellington Paranormal is a spinoff set to focus on police detectives Mike Minogue and Karen O'Leary as the main characters. They'll hunt supernatural beings like ghosts and werewolves. Producer Paul Yates described it as Police 10 meets The X-Files. And another spinoff, Werewolves, (laughs) involves werewolves seen in What We Do in the Shadows. So there's three spinoffs coming from this one, but we're just going to focus on what we do in the shadows. I've seen the TV series. I've seen bits of the movie. It's actually pretty entertaining. Okay. Um, so red light, green light, gentlemen. I've never seen any of it. I'm gonna give so, it a, so green light. I'm gonna give it a cautious green light. Yeah. Okay. Green light. All right. The, um, in Thor Ragnarok, when Korg is uh, taking Thor through the the weapon racks, and he like picks up the three pronged wooden thing. Okay. That that was supposed to be an insider reference to uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, three vampires in one try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, red light, green light. Right. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Green light. Green light. Yeah, green light. <laughs> you just, you stop right there. Green light. <laughs> Announced they are developing a new television series backed by Sony Pictures Television called Truth Seekers. A half, oh, hour, a half hour horror comedy in which stars a team of paranormal investigators. Yes! That's perfect yes. for them. Jesus. I could I can already see. Yeah. Oh my those god. Two. Yes. So many yeses. Speaking to Variety Peg explained the show a bit. Each episode is going to be an adventure, a potential haunting or something. He says <laughs> it'll start off as a very a parochial idea, a sm- very small business venture for those people, but it will expand as the series goes on to be something far more global, said Peg. It's a language everyone understands, a mystery of the unknown. Shaun of the Dead was a very parochial story set in North London. Somehow it managed to get this global reach because everyone understands the language of zombie movies. So I, I guess I don't have to say really anymore. Yeah. yeah. No. God damn it. Green light. Green light. <laughs> We all have smiles on our faces. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that made me giddy because yes. all of those, all of those ghost hunting stories need to be lampooned some yeah. more. And who better to do it than Nick Absolutely. Frost and Simon Pegg? Oh Jesus! Just when you said truth seekers, it yeah. like it all exactly. clicked into place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting. I can just see it now. Oh, they say this this building's haunted. All right, where are you? Come on out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And then some bleach and play-doh hits him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Nobody's here. Did you even check the floors? Nobody's here. Let's go. <laughs> Did you see that? The ball rolled down the hole. 
Oh, yeah, that was me. Sorry. A toaster. What, what do you have a ball for? Yeah. Okay, so get bored later on. Want to yeah, yeah. bounce it off the walls. and You, you know, Bowie in, in Labyrinth, I've been trying to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Red light, green light, gentlemen. Maybe, maybe this one. All right. Yeah. Zachary Quinto. Okay is again stepping into Nimoy's shoes to host and executive produce a revival of the docuseries In Search Of. I heard about this. Didn't you mention this, like, forever ago or something? Or I, I perhaps, and this got a lot more advanced. Okay. This is going to be for the History Channel. For History Channel? Yep. The network announced that it has greenlit a 10-episode order for an unscripted version of the series, which will follow Quinto as he investigates a different mysterious subject. From UFOs to mysterious creatures to time travel, in each episode speaking to witnesses and experts along the way and attempting to discover the truth. Quote, I am so excited to be reimagining in search of and exploring new questions and phenomena with all the advancements in science and technology from which we have benefited for the past 40 years since the original series first aired, unquote. Uh, Quinto said in a press release, In Search Of began in 1973 with a series of three one-hour specials narrated by The Twilight Zone's Rod Serling. When it was decided the concept would be expanded into a full-blown series, Serling had passed away. So Nimoy was tapped to host. He led the viewers to the world's strangest mysteries for six seasons between 1977 and 1982. And when the show ended, the X-Files star Mitch Pileggi hosted a brief revival of the series in 2002. I thought I remembered that. But the Nimoy version is still what viewers remember most fondly. So Zachary Quinto's new In Search Of for History Channel. Red light, green light. Yeah, oh, green what light. the hell, green light. Yeah, same. It's hard to go back and watch those old In Search Of because so they much of it up. is just... Well, it's not that they don't hold it. It's like the, the the material, it's just they're so vague about any kind of investigation about stuff that's going on. It's wait, like, wait, could, wait. could it be ancient time. aliens or could it be... Oh. Yeah. yeah. Was that your phone, Kay? Making yeah. that noise? Okay. That's my Gmail. Oh, that's your Gmail notification. Yeah. Great. We have that to get done with. I had to do that because uh, the job. Oh, of course. Yeah. They, they, oh, wow. This one's addressed to me personally. Uh, okay. from, from the job? Yeah. The Russo brothers. Dun, dun, working dun. on that. Oh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it say, <laughs> the you're fired? Yeah, really. The interactive <laughs> game has begun. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, oh, I, it, on that note, uh, I, I was thinking of Barry. While you were reading that, yeah, I was too. He's uh. probably listening to this screaming. Yes. Fuck Torgo! <laughs> Don't do Torgo. He won't do anything. Fuck him. <laughs> For those of you not sitting here in the studio, uh, the mask is right above Kirsten. Yep, yeah, right behind him on the shelf <laughs> as a personal trophy yes. <laughs> of your laziness. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't laziness oh, okay. it was me going nope <laughs> there's nothing lazy about not wanting to be involved in whatever this is <laughs> so in search of i love in search of mostly because of its tone it's late 70s early 80s right weird tone and I will say that back then, when I was a kid, that In Search Of opening scared the shit out of me. When I yeah, heard that music, I did. was freaked out. That, what was what was about that? 
like that and I remember the fan. Remember the fan in uh, Coal Shack, the Night Stalker? I never and, saw Coal Shack. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Surprised by this, Kirsten? Gee, yeah, Jesus. Do, do you guys remember George Norris, Coast to Coast AM? That I know. That had a creepy intro, too. Yeah. A little bit. That was just... But what, tell me what the, what the well, fan... Well, no, the fan was... It was just... You know, the, the the intro to Kolshak is just Kolshak typing away and, you know, they cut here and there. And it doesn't get really heavy into anything, but he's like in his news office typing and the fan is running and then the fan just stops and he looks up like, what was that? And as a kid, that's literally it. Right. And as a kid. That's some, that's some subtle ghost That shit. just fucking scares the shit out of fans where There's like a clinging noise, right? Like, clink. Actually, no, no, because it's it's the theme. It's the theme. So there's no there's no sound. It's just in yeah. timing to the music. The music hits a pitch and then drops, and the fan stops. All of that comes together, and it just unnerved the hell out of me as a kid. Despite the fact, you know, and it's it's just like in search of. It was just it just creeped the hell out of me, even though nothing specifically really happened. But yeah. it, it just it creeped the shit out of me. But of course, I'm kid. trying to remember the UFO one. Was it Dark Skies? Only had like one season. That was a pretty creepy intro. Okay. Me as a young adult. Hmm. Was it Dark the Skies? On, the one on NBC? Uh, I don't know. It was like, they're here. They're everywhere. The government denied. Like, it was kind of creepy undertones. I forget. I think I mean, it's Dark there Skies. Because there was a UFO series. It was a drama on NBC called Dark Skies. Yeah. Wasn't you know, Jerry Ryan in that? Yes. Yes, yeah. she was. That was one of her first roles. She's right. really young, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be it. Like 60s, 70s, like took place. Yeah. Okay, so that must be it then, yeah. yeah. And of mm-hmm. course, it, part of it was the fact that In Search Of was telling me that monsters were real. So yeah. there is that. Yep. Well, that was the whole Monsters Walk Among Us, Sasquatch, and all of those TV shows and movies that were out there that just... 70s and early 80s. Oh, boy. Was, it was ripe with that stuff. Yeah. And then it got real world with the whole... Uh, opening well, what was the one with Robert Stack oh uh, Unsolved Mysteries Unsolved Mysteries yeah there's another opening song that was creepy <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries yeah headline <laughs> red light green light gentlemen Stephen King's The Bone Church Will be developed into a TV series. Is that another porn title? Yeah, there? I think so. That's starring Stormy Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Bone Church. It's good. Is this good? Have you read it? Uh, you know what? I haven't. It's it's one of his. Uh, it's one of his stor- short story collections. I haven't read. It's from that. Wow. Uh, the Bone Church developed into a TV series. Chris Long and David Ayer's newly formed Cedar Park Entertainment <laughs> acquired the narrative horror. <laughs> Chris Long, it's a perfect porn name. So he's just he's that, killing himself. That he's coming. killing himself. <laughs> Bone Church, Chris Long. <laughs> oh, I need to get some water on that one. <laughs> Chris Long playing Father Dick in the Bone Church. <laughs> so has acquired the narrative horror poem. With plans to turn it into a TV show. King oh. King originally wrote The Bone Church back in the 1960s. Yeah, he did. Then... then <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm just keeping up with the theme. 
then later <laughs> revised the poem and then published it as part of his 2015 anthology of short works, The Bazaar of Bad Dreams. The Bone Church is about an expedition into a jungle to locate a hidden and forbidden bone church. But of course, things go wrong. I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> Going into the jungle. Looking for the bone church. But of course, things go wrong in an utterly horrific fashion. The group discovers a secret they wish they hadn't. And of the 32 explorers that go on the expedition, only three of them wind up returning home. Where they have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> the story is narrated by one of the three survivors who tells stories from a bar stool to patrons in exchange for drinks. This deal continues King's relationship uh, with Long, who was an executive producer on Mr. Mercedes. So, the Bone Church, gentlemen. Oh, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah I gotta give that a green, too. Yeah. And they're, they're finally starting to do King right in terms of adaptions, so, you know. Yeah, they are. Although, mm. uh, Mr. Mercedes, if I remember right, that's a direct TV joint, isn't it? Yeah. One of those really tough-to-come-by shows? I believe so. The ultimate in hard streaming services. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Red light, green flight. Green flight. Green flight. There we go. It's, it's, yep. Green flights. <laughs> I got through the names. Have I can't say light. I <laughs> Jesus. Netflix put in a 10-episode order for a new horror series that focuses on the heart. The show is titled Chambers and revolves around heart transplant patient who wants to learn more about the donor who saved her life. This comes at a cost, however, as she begins to take on the qualities of the person the blood pumping organ once belonged to. It, the show was created by Lee Rachel, who wrote and directed the 2015 short Boys I Used to Babysit. She also starred in the TV series Leverage on TNT and will executive produce Chambers with Stephen Gann, who uh, did Syriana and Traffic. Aleka Cooper, uh, a writer on Luke Cage, The 100, and American Horror Story, will be the showrunner as well executive producer. Chambers. Red light, green light. Sure. Why not? Sure, green, why not? Green light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, green light. Green light? Yeah, I'll go green light, too. Wow. Got it. Sound, I mean, yeah. I wasn't sure about that one. All right. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was on the heart. I was on the fence, but I figured, yeah, give it a shot. All right. There's a very positive group of executives. How much money this company has? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we we're, we're just sticking everything yeah. throwing everything against the wall seeing what sticks. Well, we're we're shareholders with Bain Capital. Oh, okay. We've got okay. some money to burn. So you're just going to load it down with debt and you, then yeah, cash you're, out. You're going to load down the bone church and yep. Oh yeah. In the jungle. All right. You Running out of time, we'll do that. one more. We'll do one more. I was born with the debt. <laughs> <laughs> you will accept my bone church. <laughs> Red light, green light. Paramount Television and Anonymous Content will be turning Margaret Atwood's Mad Adam trilogy of Onyx and Crake, The Year of the Flood, and Mad Adam into a TV series. In is the, the what time? All right. <laughs> In the vein of books such as Stephen King's The Stand, Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain, and Max Brooks's World War Z, Atwood's trilogy takes place in a world overtaken by a virulent plague that has wiped out a good portion of humanity. 
in the future of CD corporations, earth-altering floods, and genetic alter- engineering, the three Mad Adam installments deal with the end of the world as we know it while putting their own unique spin on the apocalypse genre as the planet's last people struggle for survival. Quote, We are thrilled to be bringing Mad Adam trilogy to television. The worlds of Orcs and Crake, Year of the Flood, and Mad Adam beautifully illustrate the extraordinary range of Margaret Atwood's imagination and go deeply afield in time and global evolution, presenting fascinating opportunities to dramatize the wildest vision of the future ever shown on television. David Cantor and Bard Doros of Anonymous Content said in a joint statement. Mad Adam, Margaret Atwood's trilogy of post-apocalyptic. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah. All right. Red. I'm tired of the po- apocalypse and zombies. I am and too. I just turn on the so. news every day. It is Stormy Daniels. <laughs> and, and so I'm gonna uh, go with a nice red. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the green. All right. Because I liked the stand. I liked. Uh, yeah. You know, Andromeda Strain. Screw you, Matt. <laughs> I guess still one. It's two to one. Okay. Andromeda Strain is still one that I every time it's on, I can't help but watch it because oh. it's it's. I've never seen that. No, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm utterly I'm utterly shocked. Can you tell? Did I say I subscribe to a book box that's going to come? <laughs> what have you missed? Write to us. <laughs> you know what? I want to do one more. Oh, okay. okay. I want to do one more. All right. Red light, green light, gentlemen. CBS. CBS. Order. All access streaming service, red light. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the new news, apparently. Uh, the talks are well underway for CBS and Paramount to reunite. So CBS reunite All Access could be getting even more content. So good. <sighs> not it's that, your not, fault. Not that it's I your really fault care. for not canceling that shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> not that I really care, but I do kind of care. Matt it's cares. Star Trek involved deep down red light green light cbs ordered a pilot for god friended me which will explore the convergence of faith science and existentialism after an outspoken atheist has his whole worldview turned inside out after god slides into his social media this life-altering interaction sets him on a course of do-goodery and destiny fulfillment for those around him in what is reported to be a light-hearted dramedy. Greg Berlanti serves as executive producer on God Befriended Me, while Alcatraz co-creators Stephen Lillen and Brian Windebrandt will write the script. Red light, green light, God friended me. I really want to... satanic red. I really want to red light it, but the pedigree behind it is so good. That's, that's, That's why I threw it in there. It's a... That's 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 a that's a tough one. Greg Berlanti, if you don't know, is behind the DC CW verse. Yeah, he just started a new series too on uh, ABC uh, called Deception, where it's the FBI and this uh, magician are working together to solve crime. It's, it's it's fun. It's lighthearted, but still serious. And anyway, wasn't asking about that. I know. God, but I'm just saying. God, Ber- sure, Greg Berlanti, saying what yeah. Greg Berlanti's doing. The Flash. Uh, Citizens Arrow. of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, that's the one. Citizens of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Citizens of Tomorrow. <laughs> Citizens. Let's go. Uh, I like that title. I like that, yeah. We got to make that series. Come back to me. I got to think okay, about this think one about for a second. All right, so I got a deep-seated satanic red light from Matt Kirsten. Oh, good. Then let's put... Let's put uh, Kirsten on the spot. No, no. Jeff on the spot, because I'll say green. 
What what appeals to you? Uh, Berlanti. So. You know, it's just it. <clears throat> it's interesting. I've been bopping around YouTube, and I've uh, which uh, I would love to see you bopping around anything. Oh yeah, mm, bop. And uh, <laughs> you know, I fucked with the girl from. <laughs> Did you? <Yeah. laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and there's a, I've stumbled across a couple things. A controversial academic psychi- psychologist, psychiatrist, who is is very very evolution based, very science based, but uh, believes in God. Okay. And he was in a debate with Sam Harris. Oh, yes. So it it, it was interesting because this guy actually was doing a, a good job of talking about having some form of faith and belief as opposed to it being a totally worthless, you know, okay. Sam Harris type thing. Sure. So <clears throat> if, if the series were to go in a direction where they would actually uh, tackle the issue— well, what would what would it take to get an atheist to convert? What would, you know, what what about God existing could convince an atheist? It would be interesting, you know, if it doesn't just get cliche and just run the regular, you know, way it would run. Eh. So, because I've always, you know, I've actually always myself held uh, belief in God as totally separate from religion, you know. Mm-hmm. Religion is an is an attempt to believe in God to describe uh, you know a spiritual experience, and it it's reflected by your culture. Whereas <clears throat> whether or not God exists for me is totally separate from religion. It has nothing to do with people at a pulpit with a book telling you it happened. That's the attempt to explain it. So for me, a lot of these things always fall flat. Because everybody tries to reconcile, oh, the Old Testament version of God is just so fucking crazy. I mean, if he did exist, blah blah blah. And it's, well, I don't, I don't think that's that's really the understanding there. So, if, right. so if it was to go in that kind of direction, I don't think it will. Think it'd be more highway to heaven. Who knows? Who knows? It probably. Actually, I mean, it said something about missions and yeah. And, it, and, it, it sounds a lot like my name is Earl. But with, with, with God with, being with the, God being the instead of you know him winning the lottery and making his list where he feels like he's got to make up for all the bad things he's done, it's like God has come in. So he's like, oh shit, now I have to go. Yeah, you know, Prob- reconcile all the things I've done. Will. But you know, Berlanti, I'm willing to to give him a shot and see what happens. So right. I'll say green light. So one red, well, Matt. One green from K. Jeff. I'm I'm gonna have to say red light, yeah. and not oh. not that Kirsten doesn't have a point with Berlanti. Yeah, he says this every red light, green light. It's just like Kirsten I'm made just, a good point, but fuck him. Honestly, I <laughs> I am so over the common storytelling trope of atheist science believer gets converted to religion because A, B, and C happen. You know, it's 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 almost as if. It's not okay to be an atheist, and it does feel like television, you know, really is trying to always convert the quote-unquote outsider into the the mass. 
and in this case, religion, you know. It's funny. Belief in God, et cetera. Because, you know, I, I'll have tons of conservatives just talk about Hollywood and television's relentless yeah. assault on Christianity. Which is funny because re- Christianity and religion are so sown through, I would say, probably 75, 80% of what Hollywood puts yeah. out. Well, I think, actually, Jeff, you kind of hit it on the head, though, uh, when you said get the outsider to convert to the mainstream mainstream or the mass. Yes. And I think that that if you feel you're an outsider, Mm -hmm. then it's easy to see that anywhere. So the Christians, you know, the Christian conservatives who who eat up all of that right-wing stuff about how, oh, they hate us and they're, they're driving us to the margins and we're becoming a minority... You can, you can, I can actually see them, you know, seeing uh, them being cast as an outsider in Hollywood. Right. But then atheists who, you know, I mean, we still can't, you still can't be an atheist and run for national office. Yeah. um, In this country. I mean, we're getting closer, but we're not there yet. And, and so they're, they're definitely marginalized, and they can definitely see that in certain aspects of Hollywood, I would expect. Oh, yeah. That, and, that, I and, think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Oh. In fact, uh, when, when Hawking died, there was this big fake story going out about how the Pope had convinced Hawking on his deathbed mm-hmm. to convert to That happens to every time a prominent atheist dies. And Hawking's people came out <laughs> with their own, st- said, no, this is absolutely false. He has always denied a belief in God and did all the way up to his dying day. So, no, he didn't have a deathbed conversion to Christianity, et cetera. Every prominent atheist, whenever they die, that fake story comes out. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's sad. I mean, it's like let people believe what they want to believe or Mm -hmm. not believe what they want to believe. And, you know, stop forcing your views on other people. That's I think for me that's where this it really kind of sticks in my craw with this kind of storytelling. Is it's like it's like it's like it's not okay to not believe in something. So so you have to have this person forced to believe in something and the easiest thing to convert them to believe is in God. So that's I think that's what this that those stories those types of stories or those you know, themes for a TV series and or movie. That's why it really sticks in my craw. So. Sure. Anyway, that's my two cents. You know, I fucked one of the girls from Geek Shock. <laughs> what <the fuck>? <laughs> why? Yeah. What? Yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> fuck Can you. I just let that one go? After all that, that's what you, Torgo comes up with. What's your Hanson? Write to us. Comments <laughs> at LiveryCouchShow.com. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Mm, bop. Maple Leaf Mad. You got him on that one. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Well, it's either that or Commander Long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hard and ready. (laughs) God. I I don't understand. Is that that your porn name? Is that a a restaurant back in... in Toronto, yeah, I guess. Hard and ready. Hard and ready. <laughs> is that like? Is that like hot now? Is that? <laughs> well, you know, you haven't had hard and ready. <laughs> Do you want to hear our daily specials? <laughs> so hard tack, uh, cornbread aged eight days, <laughs> with a nice little 
bleach and Play-Doh glaze. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> got the standard foot long. Hard and ready here. Astronaut ice cream covered in epoxy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that that that's some deep space camp humor there, uh, Matt. I right. Know, you know no, that that no. tot- Jeff totally got that one. No. You know the peas they serve you there are terrible. <laughs> it's never got rehydrated. They never got. They, they, <laughs> you want to get rehydrated? Starting starting down. <laughs> <laughs>